And if you look back on that historically now, at that time, people didn't have the information they needed to understand what Biden was saying. Biden is saying, my administration is dedicated to the destruction of America. We will build it back better and you will own nothing and love it. And I work for Klaus Schwab and the globalists and the Bank of International Settlements. I do not work for the American people and everything I'm gonna do is to tear down America. And everything this president has done has been to harm America. He's not done one positive thing. And here's the thinking that China's really not on board with either side. China's on China's side. The Communist Party's on its own side. They're going along with the World Economic Forum because it's going to give them power over the rest of the world. But they don't plan to submit, in our opinion, to the World Economic Forum in its entirety and in perpetuity. They will rise up and they will take control of these mechanisms and they will run the world on their own behalf. Carbon 60 or C60 first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential exciting lifespan, but also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial, formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality, 99.9% .9 pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as the universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10%, and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Dave Hodges coming back. I always really enjoy talking to him. I could talk to him for hours. In fact, sometimes we do. He calls up and we just talk. I learn a lot from him and he says he learns a lot from me. So that's great. But today we're going to talk. He's in Arizona. So he gets to hear all these things that are going on in Arizona. He's one of the top journalists, period at what's going on or covering what's really going on with in with inside Arizona. But he's telling me that the cartels, the drug and the human trafficking cartels, the Sinaloa cartels are controlling the court system. So that's why with Carrie Lake's situation, they can't get anywhere. And there's blackmail. Both sides are in on it, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. I and mean, we're just seeing total corruption. But it's the same pattern that Mike Gill has been talking about across the country. And he's been talking to the people in Arizona and they're trying to really turn that around because they've taken hold throughout our entire country. It makes sense when we're watching at the border how they're just allowing all this trafficking to go on and all this fentanyl to go on and not really giving a crap about the American people. It's pretty obvious they're in bed with the cartels, but now we're seeing how in bed they are with our government. And we got to be realistic to, to know that who's the cartel and who's the government. And maybe the cartel has infiltrated all the way into our government, but our government's also infiltrated into the cartel. And in some areas, it's one and the same. It's really quite sad. That being said, I want to say this interview was super long. So what I'm doing is the last part is going to go up as an exclusive on Substack, sarahwestall.tv, and on Ebeneer. And you will be able to see it by joining any one of my platforms. And I also want to talk to you about the Censored Conference. It is airing tomorrow. Not sure when you're going to listen to this show, but if you're listening to this before the conference, it's airing on March 24th at 7 p.m. Central Time. And I'm hoping we get a ton of people there. The Federalist just released an important article. They did some really great journalism and investigative work and dug into what the government's been doing on the free speech or the censorship area. 
And there's been over 500 government grants that have been awarded since 2020 related to removing or censoring misinformation or disinformation from the internet. Basically, this is what they had to say. Our government is preparing to monitor every word Americans say on the internet. The speech of journalists, politicians, religious organizations, advocacy groups, and even private citizens. Should those conversations conflict with the government's viewpoint about what is in the best interests of our country and her citizens, that speech will be silenced. While the Twitter files offered a glimpse into the government's efforts to censor disfavored viewpoints, what we have seen is nothing compared to what is planned. As the details of hundreds of federal awards lay bare, research by the Federalists reveals our tax dollars are funding the development of artificial intelligence and machine learning technology that will allow government to easily discover problematic speech and track Americans reading or partaking in such conversations. Then, in partnership with big tech, big business, and media outlets, the government will ensure the speech is censored under the guise of combating misinformation and disinformation. They went on to discuss some methods. For example, the DOD and other federal agencies are now paying for-profit public relations and communication firms to convert their technology into tools for the government to monitor speech on the Internet. If you get a chance, I highly recommend that you read that. It's I have it posted up on my Substack, sarahwestall.substack.com. And I really think you should check it out. But this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. They're going to just monitor everything. They're going to listen to videos. They're going to listen to everything and then just censor it. Just unperson you. Like I I wrote an article about how I've been unpersoned. Where they're going to take that up to a whole another level and they're going to do it to everyone. But they're also planning, and this isn't in the article, but this is something that I've been uh, researching and talking to people about. They're also planning on a total shutdown, pretty much, or a re, not a shutdown, a restructuring of how the internet functions overall. They want it to be more like a China based thing. They just want to completely control us. They want to maintain their power structure and they need to keep us in line. That means we don't question anything they do. If that happens, that's the end of a modern civilization. I mean, being honest, this is how serious this is. This is the end of an enlightened society. I mean, we will turn into the dark ages with a lot of technology, but it'll be the dark ages. Civilization will go backwards hundreds of years. It'll be such a sad time. I see us as having freedom fighters. You know, you see those movies where you <laughs> this dystopian world and then there's these freedom fighters on the edge and the movie always covers the freedom fighters. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be these freedom fighters in these grungy areas. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's more like Star Wars where the some of the wealthy are doing it, but you don't, uh, the, you know, they hide themselves. So there's that too, but it's going to be an incredible time if we don't fight. It's always easier to fight it before they have it installed. Once it's installed... It's pretty, it's a lot harder to take it down than to keep it from going up. It really is. And so we have one big heck of a battle on our hands. That's why I'm doing the censored conference. I'm going to keep fighting. You know, we fought in court. I'm going to keep fighting until this thing goes in our favor. We need to convince the courts that they're misinterpreting Section 230 and they're doing this super immunity so when they're state actors, this is state actors using a private company as a proxy, that's completely against our Constitution. We need our courts not to be so corrupt so that they actually support the Constitution. We have a lot of work to do on this front, and we are working on it. And I'm going to play a promo that we have for the conference right now. Freedom of speech is the cornerstone to absolutely every other freedom we have. I'm Dr. Dave Gianda, the founder and host of the Operation Freedom Platform, and I am honored to announce that I'm going to be a participant and a speaker in a fantastic conference sponsored by the United for Free Speech organization. I'm Cynthia McKinnon, and I'm asking you to join me at the UnitedForFreeSpeech.com Okay, so I really hope you guys all join us. I hope you share it. 
I hope you join the newsletter. Just hope you do everything you can to support this cause because it's all about, I'm not paying myself. I'm doing this for the country. I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing it for future generations. And I hope you join me in this fight. Okay. That being said, go to sarahwestall.com, uh, support my affiliates, sign up for my newsletter. Also my new Substack, sarahwestall.substack.com. And let's get into this really interesting. I always love talking to Dave, this interesting conversation with Dave Hodges. Hi, Dave. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Yeah, we've had a couple of glitches getting started here. It's good to be back <laughs> with you, Sarah. And uh, Sarah and I are kind of doing uh, the equivalent of a simulcast and because uh, we both want to promote some things here and get the word out because um, um, I got to tell you, Sarah, they're making their move against us. And, uh, and I feel a real urgency to get the word out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's been going on for some time, right? They just keep clamping down and clamping down, and, and we're fighting back, and we're fighting back, and um, it, but they're, it, the interesting thing is that there's still a, a whole group of people who are, who are just clueless. It is just quite amazing. I've been doing a little bit more swimming around on all sides of the spectrum and realizing how many people truly are stuck in this misunderstanding world of what's going on they think we are but their foundation misses i mean they're missing so many basic elements of what's going on and i i don't know some people say it doesn't matter just ignore them because they'll eventually have to learn the hard way anyways but they're the stooges and the army for these guys and i don't know what do you think of that? What do you think of the fact that there's so many people who are who are bamboozled? Uh, my personal feeling was it's changed. I used to think what you were told, just ignore these people. They'll suffer the consequences of their ignorance. And I no longer believe that. I, I think we need to make a good faith effort to reach everybody. And um, I, I know we won't be successful, but... The reason that we need to reach everybody is because we haven't reached critical mass yet. Um, you know, there's built-in safeguards for the globalists to keep us in check. Uh, they control the media. They control a lot of the avenues of communication. But I also think that there's only a, there's a limit to their control. And I don't think we have reached the uh, saturation point yet. Let me give you just one example of what I'm talking about. There's an organization out there called SNARC, S-N-A-R-C, and I forget what it stands for, but they study social trends. And what they found repeatedly is that when a movement uh, becomes a fad, becomes an obsession, you have to have 10% of the population become um, rather committed. And we haven't obviously reached that 10% saturation factor yet. We've been negated in a lot of different situations. But here's the thing I will say. If you keep growing your numbers, the system of control will begin to crumble and won't be able to dominate the way they are today. And this is where you'll have breakthroughs. And breakthroughs will happen exponentially. And I think we've seen evidence about how they will deal with the breakthrough of awareness and awakeness in our nation. They'll shut the grid down. They'll start World War III. They'll do whatever they can do to maintain their power structure. Well, I think I think that's right, and I I don't. And do you think that them going and making those? Excuse me, as I stumble here. No, and do you think that as they they make those extra efforts to shut down each group that wakes up, or more people that see what's going on, do you think that wakes up more? I mean, do you think they're making mistakes? Because their extra effort to to shut down people who are waking up is causing more people to wake up. Well, I see increasing evidence that these people are hopelessly satanic. And I'm talking at the inner level, the leadership level. And does Satan make mistakes? Oh, yeah. Uh, he'll be in the pit of hell one day. So, yeah, they do make mistakes. Um, and uh, there's a real urgency to what they're doing. And you notice that they have stepped up a full frontal assault against humanity. And I think that uh, they're recognizing that uh, they have limited time before they're called on their bluff. And why? Why do you think that they're moving so fast? What What is your 
because it is obvious that they're moving faster and that, that that's causing them to make more mistakes. And it's just, it becomes for us that see it. It's so obvious and it's, it's I want to shake people can't see things yet, but why are they moving so quickly? Well, there are over 40 nations right now that have significant protests against the power structure, particularly against uh, climate change and all the nonsense that goes with that. And I think that they realize that this is going to spread like a contagion. So, I mean, to me, I think the number one thing they could do to stop this right now is put us back into the COVID lockdown days and introduce a pathogen that would be more deadly than the COVID that swept through. Um, That would be, I don't know if they could do that. I mean, I I don't know if people would allow themselves to be locked down again. That would be a slow and how deadly the thing was, yes. But what if, well, let me tell you, I've got some information on this. Okay. I know for a fact that Fauci worked with the Wuhan lab with regard to um, um, hemorrhagic smallpox combination. I reported on this in writing a couple of years ago. I said, we're not out of the woods with COVID. There'll be something else, and here's what I think it is. And... uh, this is Ebola-based, essentially. And Ebola carries a very high mortality rate and an extremely RO rate. So I think that uh, that if I were in their shoes, thinking as an evil person, this is what I would try to do first. And you think that would work? Because I know a lot of people that think that at this point, that no matter, unless the pathogen was so bad that... And I don't know if they have a path. I mean, it would wipe out. I mean, it would be really bad. And do you think they're the evil enough to put yes. something like that forward? Um, when you look at the inner workings of the real global elite, they're uh, decidedly satanic. They're not anti-God. They're satanic. And uh, so there's nothing I think that's beyond their capability. But uh, I have, listen, I, I'm telling you, I feel I know what I'm talking about here. In 20, what year was it? 2014, when we had the first Ebola scares and a few scattered cases through the United States, I did some research on this. And they have planned for this, I believe, as the kill shot. This is not an adaptive move. This is a pre-planned move. And let me tell you why I believe what I believe here. I believe that we're looking at a situation in which we have... uh, well, first of all, Crucell Laboratories, this has all been scrubbed. I have the hard copies on my website. They claim to have found a cure for Ebola, and that was released in 2014. The work was done in the third quarter of 2012. The numbers I felt, now I've taught stat and research, and I thought the numbers were on the small side to really form cohesive conclusions beyond a trend curve, but, I, but uh, they claim they did. That was number one. Number two, we started finding stuff in print, and a lot of it's been suppressed since then, a lot of it out of Canadian medical research that showed that Ebola could be transmitted uh, through aerosolization, uh, in other words, through the air. Um, They didn't think that was possible, but I published data from reputable sources that showed good research that that's true. So uh, that's the second thing that they did to prepare. The third thing they did to prepare was I found out that the CDC, which basically is like the uh, Federal Reserve, you know, they're a public-private partnership with the government. Okay, so they have a profit motive, and they uh, they own the royalty rights and the patent on Ebola. Now, you say, hold on, wait a minute, Dave, you can't do that because that's a natural organism in nature, and you can't patent something like this. You can if you have modified it. And so I would have to conclude they've modified it because I published the patent number on my website along with the patent documentation. So this means this. The CDC, uh, if there's ever a big Ebola outbreak, they'll not only uh, benefit from uh, the use of medication that they would have control over, they would benefit from that patent, but they own the royalty on all transmuted Ebola. This gets really scary. If you carry this out to its logical conclusion, does this mean they own human beings that have Ebola? Um, and that's kind of a secondary question to our discussion, but I think this is how far they've taken it. This plot is already already has all the leading mechanisms in line to do this. And you think they're going to do it? You, I mean, you do you have evidence to show that? 
because I know a lot of people are are fighting against this, but and these people are, it's in their wheelhouse. They'll do any. I'm I'm continually amazed at how far these people will go and how little they care about humanity uh, and only care about themselves. It's a, it's a religion, right? I mean, that's why it's crazy. It's irrational. It's hard to understand because these people are irrational and they're willing to do, to, to, that's what they really want though. Don't they, they want to take us all. Out. Well, they're going to do what they need to do to get control. If If you believe they're satanic, that starts to invoke a whole, and I'm sorry here, I'm getting external noise and I'm sending a text here to ask for help. Um, but anyway, the if you believe they're satanic, they will do anything to promote their power structure and to maintain it. Um, it's a matter of, um, let, let me go back and let me just say this about the uh, the Ebola situation. They'll go to, well, let's go back to the beginning of COVID. I think I can make a real good case for this. We know that the COVID was developed in Ukraine. I, I reported that Hunter Biden and um, one of his partners transferred on Air Force Two pathogens to the Wuhan lab in 2014. I also proved, and I had documentation from Scribd, and it's been scrubbed, but I have the originals on my website, that we have a situation in 2015, 2016, where Obama... Uh, had government officials conduct, um, shall we say, briefings with Ukrainian prosecutors in uh, Washington, D.C., New York area. And uh, the names of the presenters were public. Uh, the flight numbers were published. They, they flew. Their final journey came from Frankfurt, Germany, nonstop to Dulles. And and uh, they spent five days being educated on how to prosecute Burisma, without ensnaring American politicians or their family members. And I have that documentation. I've published it three times on my website. Um, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, that I've seen. So, so to answer your question, I think that they laid the foundation for cover-up. And what happened with COVID, though? Okay, so COVID goes to Wuhan, right? Now, by the way, uh, Paul Preston tells me he do, he's done the same research. He said all six crew members of Air Force Two are dead. Uh, there, there's no smoking gun there. Uh, so uh, that, that's, that's crazy. That that's tells Paul's you there's work. something there. Now, here's what happens. COVID comes to America and it leads to wholesale changes in voting laws that allow the Democrats to allow a candidate who didn't get 40 percent of the votes to steal an election. And and so that was 2020. And so as a consequence to this, uh, the power structure was changed from being anti-China. China is the world policeman. And Trump was kicking China's backside badly. Uh, the American military was being built up. Globalism was being stopped. Trump canceled the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, which would have handed over the control of the U.S. government to a 23-person business panel, and they could negated every part of our government. They would have had uh, veto authority, and Trump did away with that the first week he was in office. So they had to get Trump out because he was an impediment to globalism and establishing China as the world policeman. And so that's that was the purpose. Well, just one, one more thought been... here. That was that was the purpose for COVID was to affect election change, and now the election change is permanent. There will be no free elections as long as the system's in place. Yeah, well, they need we. That's right. That is a fact. Until the system is shown for what it is, and the propaganda media has a whole bunch of people thinking that the system is still okay, it it is incredible that that's even the, it's so obvious, and and people Sarah, still believe it. This so, is how far it's gone in Maricopa County, and you know, it's something I was drawn back into uh, the twenty twenty two election. Sixty percent of all the voting machines that were not centrally connected in Maricopa County, where Carrie Lake, the defeated candidate for governor, uh, where she received 70% of all day of election votes, 60% of the voting machines failed upon opening. People encountered problems like long lines at other centers, and they couldn't vote. Yeah, or they were told, you've already registered to vote. And they go, I didn't get to vote. The machine was broken. doesn't matter. You don't get to vote here. How yeah, can well, you not but, be angry? But, I mean, I'm angry just yeah. listening to this. Let me, let me tell you who was doing it. The Democrats did it in 2022 with stuffed ballot boxes, ballot harvesting, and Dominion voting machines. In 2022, in the last general election, 
It was the Republicans here in Arizona that did it. It was the County Board of Supervisors proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now we have the Breger report from John John Thaler that shows this. Uh, so why was the pro- Republicans so against Kerry Lake, and why okay. would the Republicans I'm want so, Katie? Hobbs? I'm so glad. They don't, well, here's here's the deal. If you start at the national level, and it's the same thing now at the state and local levels in many states, you have um, Mitch McConnell who killed the campaigns of eight senatorial races. Three of the candidates survived, like J.D. Vance. You have uh, Rona McDaniel, who's a Romney. I shouldn't have to say any more. A Romney, and the Romneys are connected to Burisma. And so you have her taking Chinese money, FTX money. Mitch McConnell takes $25 million a year because his in-laws managed the six major ports in China. That's why he's soft on Taiwan. He took $2.5 million of FTX money, which was designed for Democratic candidates. So did Ronan McDaniel, and so did Kevin McCarthy. Now you're saying, well, Kevin McCarthy is being a real conservative now. That's because he failed 14 speaker votes and he had to agree to certain things. He will turn code. I think the strategy is is to make him the Republican candidate. That's another story for another time. That's why I think he's pretending to be a conservative. So when you look at all this, the national leadership has been compromised in the Republican Party. I have quit the Republican Party for that reason. I'll donate to Republicans I approve of, but I will not support a party that's been co-opted by the same people that run the Democrats. Now, at the Maricopa County level, I reported on this in 2020. Then Chairman Jack Sellers uh, set up all these Chinese partnerships with with, uh, Arizona cities and suburbs and all four of our universities are tied into this system. The community college system is tied into China. He he is Mr. China. And just when uh, he was threatening to sue everybody who was saying this, the Gateway Pundit came out with even more information. So China owns uh, owned the former governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey. At a conference in 2017 at the National Governors Association, he said, we love doing business with China because China needs rare earth minerals for their military. We're happy to sell it to them. That's a treasonous statement. But why did he get to that position? Because he was in charge of what was called Cold Stone Creamery. He was the owner. His franchisees were very unhappy. They were starting to hemorrhage money. And communist China picked him up and made Stone Cold Creamery extremely successful in China. And Doug Ducey, a multimillionaire, So just as long as he does what he's told as governor, the Chinese support is there. And then the Brager report came out, and everyone should uh, look this up, John Thaler and his representative Brager. She gave testimony to the Arizona legislature. It's something I found a year and a half ago that several Arizona politicians, and this is true in 26 states, according to the report, the documentation for Arizona is voluminous. It's true. Judges. Stop le- top legislators, the governor herself, Katie Hobbs, who's accused of receiving $500,000 in Sinaloa fake mortgage overvalued real estate money laundering operations. The Secretary of State of Arizona, Adrian Fontes, has a long history of defending cartel members in court, including the murderers and fast and furious of Agent Brian Terry of the Border Patrol. This is who is in politics now in my state. And according to the Breger report, this is true in 25 other states. So to answer your question with that long answer, the Republican Party has been co-opted by by China, George Soros, the globalists. They're all working to the same end. They're all on the same page and they're buying up the politicians that they want. And they're using cartel money laundering operations to fund this operation. Okay, let me ask you. There's a whole bunch of questions in there. Let me ask you a few things. The World Economic Forum, who is really the central bankers and uh, they're the globalists, okay? They're the globalists. They are uh, looking like they're playing both sides. They're trying to hold up the Western front, but they also look like they're moving towards the BRIC nations. The BRIC nations have two-thirds of the countries are now wanting to go towards the BRICs. They renamed it. It's not BRICs anymore, but... It's essentially the bricks, right? It's their monetary. It is. It is. Yeah. Sure. And what they're doing is, you know, because a lot of the central banks, what they, the central banks were doing to these small countries or to poorer countries like African countries and South American countries and different all over around the world, they would give them loans 
and to claim that they would help their development, what would happen is you bring, they were bringing in Western companies. Those Western companies then would get the proceeds for the loans to build up their operations there. And then they would take their natural resources and sell them back to the West at profit. While the local people now had to pay back that debt that went to the loans that went to these companies and very few people benefited locally. And so now they have all this debt. They're indebted to the world banks and the central banks. And so what these BRIC nations are doing is they're coming in and they're saying, Hey, we will forgive those debts. You work with us. Here's your, you don't have any more debts. We'll forgive them. And now you can be part of the BRICS nations and we can, when that whole system collapses, you are now part of us. That's what's going on. And that's why the whole world's moving towards them. Now, it seems to me that the mother weffers, as Cliff I calls them, the World Economic Forum, is working both sides on this situation. And you say China is behind all this, but don't we, the globalists who... No, no, no China's not a brainchild in this. They're a, a lead Thank participant. Thank you, yes. There's more going on than China being the whole the, taking over the United States. I think that... The world, I'm not sure, but I want your thoughts on this. It, this just seems makes the most sense. They had so much power. They see their their system collapsing. They've been in, infiltrating the East. Now they're going to control the East, and they are moving things slowly to the East as well. This collapses. They're using Ukraine as a way to funnel as much out of the system before it collapses. But, but. Behind the scenes, there's still power struggle because China and Russia aren't necessarily cooperating the way they want them to. And so there's multiple things going on. And there's people like us who aren't cooperating on the West either. So the globalists are fighting these factions who are not cooperating with their worldwide plan to, to control the new BRICS monetary system. And there's problems all over the place. Well... I, I we see this fairly closely. I, I would add, though, that I think we're seeing the formation of the sides for World War Three. Uh, the BRIC nations do not want digital because it means a loss of governmental autonomy, and this is why I'm sure Putin, Putin actually trained in the Young Global Leaders Program under Klaus Schwab, and then he broke away because he realized to submit to what Klaus Schwab wanted would mean to give up Russia's national sovereignty. And that was unacceptable to a guy who came up with the KGB and spent his life trying to defend Russian sovereignty. So that's a lot of what this is about right now. Uh, Russia, the most armed nuclear power in the world, um, pretty formidable army, uh, pretty good natural resources. They can't allow be allowed to be an outlier. We always hear about how the globalists want to take down America because of our freedoms, our guns, and our wealth. Well, the Russia is in a similar position. And they want to take down Russia. And the way that they're doing it is they're pitting Russia against the United States, Russia and her allies, which is growing through the BRICS nations and America and their soon to be digitally controlled banking system. Um, they want U.S. and Russia to fight it out. I believe China will sit out the early part of this war and then they'll extinguish the side that's winning. So China will emerge as the only world power and the world policeman to do the bidding of the globalists. They're pitting uh, two and three, so China can sit there as number one and then take over from the aftermath of World War III. Now, are the globalists infiltrated successfully enough in China where they can co completely control China? I mean, the, the war really is the world against the globalists, but they're going to try to turn it into... Uh, Russia against the United States and then China coming in. And I, I see that as very possible theory here on um, what they're trying to do. Uh, now I got to ask you too, on the central digital currencies that the government's trying to put on states are passing legislation lately to bring in, you know, the CBDCs. And as part of that, there's, they're trying to outline outlaw all other forms of cryptocurrency. That would be a complete disaster for uh, the world, for us, for the world, for everything, because now we're going to be ushered into a digital slavery with the laws supporting that. They're going to fight that they have the right to issue currency and we shouldn't have competing currencies, but their currency is is 
They're, they want to control and dominate everything about our lives. What do you think about all this stuff that's going through all these states? I mean, it's happening right now. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think your analysis is very astute. It's um, the, the uh, let me see if I can pull up the name here. There was an Obama program that da, 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 was called Operation Chokefin. And in that operation, and this Joke is point, yes, yeah, there was a there was a time uh, where Obama Obama basically tried to get the U.S. Senate when he came into office as president to cut carbon uh, uh, emissions by eighty percent. They go up your nose with a rubber hose, and it was too early for its time. Operation Choke Point would have given the government complete control over everyone's deposits, uh, retirement accounts, and so forth. And uh, that failed as well, too. Um, through, th There's two things we need to look at here. Uh, there was a speech made with a satanic background on September 1st by Biden, where he declared everyone who didn't agree with him to be a domestic terrorist. And then at the same time, he's taking action with Executive Order 14067, in which he wants to bring in digital currency, in which uh, the government will control all financial transaction. So we saw how Trudeau utilized that strategy with the Canadian truckers. Anyone who participated gave a pizza to a trucker. They all had their funds confiscated by Trudeau under an emergency clause. And this is what Biden is attempting to bring through 14067. I mean, there'll come a day if they get their way that you'll be in the grocery store. And let's say you got $200 of groceries. You go to use your credit card and it says your funds are denied and that you go into your bank account and look it up. And it says a government agent's been assigned to monitor your account for hate speech and un-American activities. And this is how it'll all come down. So this is where this is headed with digital. This is why the BRICS is growing in popularity. Because, see, if you're not on the right political party on the right side of the government, you could find yourself in a country with digital currency where you are controlled by international interests. You have no national sovereignty. And even if you're a corrupt dictator, you can't manipulate enough uh, variables to stay in charge and fatten your own nest. And this is why so many nations are going to the BRICS nations approach because they're afraid of digital. That's why I believe that Ukraine will be used as a flashpoint to start World War III, and the digitals are hoping they'll win and enforce their will on the defeated BRICS nations. Yeah, and so, but see, you know, the BRICS nations represents China. So, I mean, there's there's players playing both sides in all of this. That's what's so interesting. Um, China's just sitting on the sideline for the most part right now waiting for their opportunity. Let me tell you, I, I sit on a group, and I can't talk about this too much publicly, but there are some pretty, a couple of these names you'd know, Sarah, um, economists, uh, former politicians, military, and we we will have these conversations about every six weeks to three months. And here's the thinking, that China's really not on board with either side china's on china's side the communist party's on its own side they're going along with the world economic forum because it's going to give them power over the rest of the world but they don't plan to submit in our opinion to the world economic forum in its entirety and in perpetuity they will rise up and they will take control of these mechanisms and they will run the world on their own behalf i think It'll that's be, what they want because I, I think yeah, that's what that's their what actions are showing that's, that's what my group thinks, yes. Because their actions don't show that they're, it, it's it's not that they're completely aligned with the World Economic Forum, and it's not that they're aligned with anybody. It, it shows that they have their own agenda going on. I would agree with that. And that's why I think the, the fog of war is so clear on a lot of these things. Well, the fog of war is clear. I don't know if that's that's an oxymoron statement. But the, the point is it's really unclear on a lot of these actions and why so many of these actions are contradictory. Well, if you take a 30,000 aerial view, 30,000 foot aerial view of this, I don't think their actions are contradictory. I think that they we see contradictions in the day-to-day -day operations of various countries and organizations. But if you look at the theme of where they're going, the general direction is is really not blocked. Uh, we are headed steadfastly into one world government, but it'll be the third world war that decides, you know, who wins. Uh, okay, listen, that's a let, better let, way of looking at it. That there's there 
it's all these players are fighting for the dominance. It's, I always say that anytime there's a new digital or a new currency period, there's all the political alignment is fighting for that power that the United States is probably going to lose because we're losing out on this, on our dominance. The dollar is dying. And so now everybody's trying to gain that. They're taking advantage of the situation that's happening right now and they've been been maneuvering for the last few decades to be in position to try to dominate the world war will be about that there was a uh, i agree with that uh, but uh, there was one phrase that biden used in the 2020 campaign that should have really triggered a reaction from people but people looked at it and said what the hell is he talking about and he was in i believe it was debate number three and he said America's in trouble. And America wasn't in trouble. The only trouble we had were the beginnings of the lockdowns during the campaign and uh, the change in election laws. But he said, America's in trouble, but we're going to build back better. And most Americans had at that time didn't even know what the Great Reset was. That phrase was available on the Internet, but it wasn't well understood uh, yeah. by, by the majority. And so here's here's what Biden said. We will build back better. And he started quoting from the book, The Great Reset, with other various catchphrases. And if you look back on that historically now, at that time, people didn't have the information they needed to understand what Biden was saying. Biden is saying, my administration is dedicated to the destruction of America. We will build it back better, and you will own nothing and love it. And I work for Klaus Schwab and the globalists and the Bank of International Settlements, I do not work for the American people and everything That's I'm going right. to do yeah. is to tear down America. And everything this president has done has been to harm America. He's not done one positive thing. For America at large, you know, they he, he'll do stuff for people who don't see the big picture and they are just looking at their day to day. He's been doing buying votes. They've been buying votes through yeah, legislation yeah. that doesn't matter. But that and, doesn't help America. When you pay off college loan right. debts that aren't your own, you ha you you haven't done debt forgiveness. You've done debt transfer. Yeah, they've been just they've been doing things that are feel good to buy votes. I I totally agree with that statement. Uh, but but the, in terms of moving America forward in any meaningful way, in effect, what he's done, he's taken an energy nation, the most productive energy nation in the world, at the time he took over, and he's taken away energy. And now he's destroying banking. And, and even though we've done away with the heart and soul of our economy, which is energy, he is continuing to spend money like a drunken sailor. Don't check that. He's spending money like the whole drunken Navy. And so this person is on a course to drive America into the ground. He sold our yeah, but oil is reserves he, is to he, China. Is he, is he? I think they're, they're spending this money because they see the system going down. And they're just trying to take advantage as much of the spoils as they can while it's still there. Yeah, well, you can have a dual purpose. You can spin your country true. into a grave, but you can profit on the demise while it's going on. That's right. And that's what the, that exactly what Obama's doing. He takes care of his donors and he buys votes. Biden. He does nothing. Or Obama. Biden, excuse me, well, the same thing. That's Ob a Freudian slip. Obama and Susan Rice are controlling the White House. That's a fact. If you really want to know, we're, we're living out. He's too senile to do anything. You know, what he's done, okay. Uh, um, not competent enough to do anything right now. Operation yeah. Checkpoint, he's resurrected that. Biden's extreme uh, green policies when he came into office in his first term, Biden has embraced that. I mean, it's insane what they're doing to this economy right now. Uh, we have 75% of Americans that are having trouble getting to the end of the month with their spending. Uh, yeah. And this is all being done by Biden. One thing I want to point out, too, it goes beyond bad judgment and destroying America economically. He sold uh, much of our oil reserves to our main military enemy, which is China. And that's treason. And he is engaged in treason across the board against this country. I don't know how many millions of people are in our country now because of Biden's border policies. But are we supposed to believe all of them are just wonderful people, that there's no terrorists that slip in in the darkness of night? The number one national group that's being apprehended right now at the border are national Chinese. Do the math. It's We're being set up for a fifth column option when the war starts. Yeah, I think we're it's clear that they're clear that they don't care about the American people. 
One thing that I saw recently was, you know, Matt Gates is trying to pull out of Syria and bring our troops home. And, and maybe there could be uh, a, a modulated way of doing it. You know, maybe you just do part pull out or whatever, but he wants to pull out and maybe there's a sequence they could do. But I mean, for the people who don't disagree with it, but pulling out, why are we in these endless wars? Why are we in Syria forever? One thing that I saw in legislation that was really interesting is there was a huge uniparty of Republican and Democrats that went against Matt Gates, saying they want to stay in Syria. And then there was a smaller uniparty of Democrats and Republicans who wanted to pull out. And it was interesting because it's almost like there's two groups and it was Democrats and Republicans together on both fronts that went against and was for staying in Syria. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think that there's a growing American first peace movement that's moving forward and it's coming from all sides of the aisle. And I would like to see that grow. I, I'm not as optimistic. Um, th there are maybe 20 to 40 uh, representatives and senators who would fit that description, but they're in the minority. I think that what you're looking at there, not Matt Gates, but I think the smaller number of people that oppose the military industrial complex profits from endless wars, um, I think that's token resistance to get people to think at least there's a fight going on. You think um, so? You think it yeah, was just purely show? Yeah, I've with communications I've had with people that have and do serve in the Pentagon, what I can tell you right now is with the partial exception of the Navy secretary, the Joint Chiefs of Staff are owned by China and the military industrial complex. The military industrial complex has also fueled the rise of the Chinese military machine, just like we did with Russia during the Cold War, so we can have an excuse to keep building arms and keep making profits for the military industrial complex. It's exactly what Eisenhower warned us about in his farewell speech, where he said, this effect is unwarranted. That means it's unconstitutional. And he said it's unprecedented. And he said that in 1960. We've never had a standing army political regime that kept endless wars going, but we do now. And these people are fine with having a nuclear third world war as long as they're out of the way. And, and they're the ones that are fueling this. When Milley gets up and he says this in the Afghan withdrawal hearings in the Senate, well, if we were going to go to war with China, I'd have to notify my Chinese counterpart. And I'm thinking, you jackass, how many lives did you just cost by doing that? Um, the Navy secretary has come the closest to anything patriotic in the Joint Chiefs when he said, we have to make a decision whether we're going to defend Ukraine or America. And he's come the closest, and he may have been the token resistor. So you remember that when you're doing a takeover, like a communist takeover, a lot of their strategies involve emulating an oppositional view so people think they're being heard. And they think that lessens resistance because other people will do the work and bystander apathy can kick in. And I think this is what we're seeing with the Navy Secretary's comments. And I think it's also what we're seeing in the mainstream media and why Fox News is allowed to act as controlled opposition. And they go get someone like Tucker Carlson that sounds like the regular people in America. But in reality, they're just as globalist as everybody else. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the way Tucker Carlson is talking and people really believe him. But if you look at his actions throughout the years, there's been a lot of behaviors he's done that shows that he's not the person that people think he is. He, Laura Ingram, basically told Trump to give up the voter fraud fight. Yeah. In in 2020. Do I need to say any more? Yeah, they didn't support him at all. And what do you think about the Dominion lawsuit that's going on with Fox News? I mean, my, I, what do you think of that? Before I tell you well, what I think. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'll go back to the Brager report from John Taylor which is uh, the sine qua non report. It is a great report. Um, what Jacqueline Brager said to the Select Committee for Election Integrity with the Arizona Legislature, how many oxymorons did I mention there? But anyway, what she said was that the cartel um, and fellow uh, political accomplices recruit lawyers to become judges and they fund their rise so that when they get into power, they could rule negatively on all cases they care about. This is in, this is explains why there's never been a successful election integrity lawsuit. Never. Yet, if you saw the movie 2000 Mules, 
you know how widespread the ballot boxing stuffing was. It was enough to turn the election on its own. So we have a situation where at least in 26 states, according to this documentation, lawyers are recruited to become judges and they make rulings on behalf of the uh, the you know the, the establishment. Let me give you one example. Carrie Lake had a 10 count lawsuit um, against uh, the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and Katie Hobbs. And one of the things she alleged is that Katie Hobbs engaged in election interference when she was the current Secretary of State during that election. In other words, she allowed election practices to go on that she approved of in her capacity as Secretary of State that hurt Carrie Lake. Well, that's unethical. It's illegal. It violates state and federal laws. But that corrupt judge threw out that count. In other words, he said she had the right to do it. So you have the right to interfere in elections that you're running in. That's what this judge effectively said. And he would be one of my prime candidates to suspect him of cartel activity involving money laundering. Now, when you look at this that's going on, and Carrie Lake is a a really big example. I mean, Katie Hobbs wouldn't even, I, I don't know how people couldn't be so angry in Arizona with what happened. I mean, Katie Hobbs is a clear, she's, she wouldn't debate. She's super arrogant. She was secretary of state. So she was the one responsible for looking over the election while it happened. I mean, you have somebody who's arrogant and incompetent enough and, and icky enough who lost the election clearly. And they don't, they're still willing to act and take charge like they're in charge. Uh, is she is she insane where she thinks she won or is she evil and doesn't care what other people think? She's evil and she's part of a machine that is taking um, politics away from the people. Let me give you an example. OK, there is a uh, the, the former chairman who just left his office, but he's still a supervisor. Bill Gates, not that Bill Gates, but a man named Bill Gates He used to be a student of mine. And uh, he was uh, as honest as the day was long when I knew him. I wrote letters of recommendation for him. Um, uh, I'd see him. We'd hang out together if we were in public. And he has turned to the dark side. Bill Gates. I'm going to explain that here. He's a republic. He's a Republican in name only. He and Stephen Reischer, a man who's the county clerk and recorder of Maricopa County and a man I wouldn't trust any farther than I can throw him. He and Bill Gates started a political action campaign together, a PAC, and the PAC was dedicated to the defeat of America First candidates, of which Carrie Lake was one. And uh, in fact, the top three offices in Arizona, the attorney general, the secretary of state and the governor's race, all the GOP candidates were America First. Now, it just so happens that at the national level, and here's another example about the Republican Party being taken over. Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer formed an agreement, and this was made public. This is part of the mainstream media to do away with America first senators in the Senate. So this is this is how the Republicans, uh, the leadership level, have been bought off. OK, and I do believe they're all part of this criminal corruption probe uh, initiated in the Breger, the Breger report. Uh, we have no we have no we have no political party we can run to is what I'm telling you. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with. Well, you can it's another conversation, but it's really not a problem to be against American first candidates. I mean, it is in the sense of, uh, you know, we want American first, but it's really politically. That's fine. That's what the America is for. What the problem is. Hold on. What the problem is, is being willing to cheat, to steal, to lie, and and do the criminal activity to defeat your political rivals. That's correct. That's where the problem lies. I agree with you. The, yeah. the viewpoint is constitutionally legal, uh, but the actions to, to achieve your goals of getting rid of America First candidates by engaging in the shutdown of 60% of the voting machines at opening. That's right. Uh, and by the way, too, um, I've been told by people who are in a position to know, and I couldn't win this in a court of law because people are afraid of uh, physical consequences, but uh, those machines were taken down electronically by frequency. And I've seen both the flight patterns and I know the kind of machines that were used. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't go any further with it, but I'll just say this. The day before the election, state law requires the validation of all voting machines. So that by law had to have taken place in Maricopa County. 
the very next day, less than 13 hours later, 60% of your machines go down in heavy Republican areas. In fact, let me tell you the proof for what I'm saying comes in the raw numbers. The number of votes for the Secretary of Treasury office in Maricopa County alone was 200,000 votes greater than the governor's race. So what we're being asked to believe here is this, is that more people cared about voting for the Secretary of Treasury than a hotly contested nationally publicized governor's race. Yeah, that's, that's just not possible. No. It's just not possible. That's now, state, statewide, Sarah, it was 400,000 votes. Yeah, that's just BS. You know, when I say that, when I ask if she's evil, it's not because of what I, her politics is. It's because of what her her willingness to do to humanity and what that represents. Because if you're willing to forego democracy itself so that you can be where you're at, then you're an evil person. I mean, I'm not going to... Are you talking about Katie Hobbs? Yeah, I'm talking about anybody that's willing to mm-hmm. forego the principles of our nation in order to win a political debate or in order to make money or in order to do anything. They're willing to give up the ideal deals of civilization itself in order to enrich themselves or to be in some kind of position. And to me, that is the definition of evil. They're willing to go the length. They're willing to give up humanity and basic civilization tenets. I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, they're going to destroy the lives of millions of people with those attitudes. That's what we're fighting. Would you care to guess what Katie Hobbs' husband does for a living? What does he do? He works at Phoenix Children's Hospital, refuses to give interviews when asked on this, but he cuts the genitals off kids. Oh, he's the gender change, dude. Yes. That's just, that's another thing that I think is so evil. They make a lot of money. So they're willing to, they look the other way, convince themselves that this is good because they're making a crap load of money. Have you seen those clips of the hospitals talking about how good this is because of how much money they can make off of it? Yeah, I saw the clips of Vanderbilt University, their medical center. Yeah, I saw that. I think I was on Tucker Carlson. You know, but what this speaks to also, too, is the paradigm of power. Uh, At the top level of the elites, they have written for years, uh, whether it's Prince Charles or name one, you have them. They talk about a 90% population reduction. Ted Turner, who gave $50 to the U.N., said we need to reduce the population of the earth by 90% by any means possible. And this is a pervasive view. I've done articles on this over a decade ago. And so when you look at what they glorify, okay, they they glorify uh, homosexuality, okay, they glorify uh, LGBTQ everything, uh, they glorify trans. Trans is their big thing now, um, and they're taking it to ridiculous levels where men who say that women get to compete in women's sports. But let me tell you why they're doing it. It's 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 um it's not that they love these people. It's they can use these people because if they glorify these movements, they're glorifying and giving preference to movements that do not result in childbirth. And if your goal is depopulation which it clearly is for the globalists, we're seeing one other mechanism of that goal. This is why we have drag queen stories, why they're trying to promote gender confusion among kids in first uh, through sixth grade and not tell the parents about it. It's because they want to create kids that are basically asexual and cannot reproduce. And once they go through the gender gender surgery for the trans, many of them can't reproduce. It's not reversible in most cases. So we have a situation here, Sarah, where we're looking at a Maoist cultural revolution done along sexual lines in behaviors that have been objectionable to America in the past. And I'm not saying anyone should ever lose their constitutional rights, but I come from a therapist background. I used to treat people. I was licensed and I worked in facilities. And I can tell you that when it came to sex change operations, there was really only one place in the world at that time in my training in the late 70s and in the 80s that you could go and that was trinidad colorado 
the only place. But you had to go through extreme psychological testing. They had to make sure that you were a good candidate and this would somehow benefit you on the other side. Not that you just had the right to change your gender because that was labeled as gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder. And it was in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Psychologists and Psychiatrists. Now we've thrown all that out and it's uh, white heterosexual males that are being told you're the problem, you're the perverts, you're the scourge of society. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Biden has a policy coming into effect next week, which gives preferential treatment in all federal agencies to people who are anything but white, male, and straight. Did you know that? <laughs>